Welcome to another episode of Life's 3x5's podcast. Liz and Tim have created the ideal conversation formula for them. Everything begins with what's on a 3x5 index card. It can be anything and it can go anywhere in 30 minutes or so. If allowed, they can somehow magically become connected by a single word. And now, today's unscripted and unpredictable conversation between two longtime radio friends from a remote location with Liz Wilder and Tim Larson. <laughs> We're doing another episode of Life's 3 by 5 Hey, everybody. We are at the Potato Shack on North 2nd Street in Loves Park, Illinois. and One of our absolute favorites. It is. And you know it's why? It's it's a really comfortable place. You know, we're, you have reasons for going into fancy restaurants, and it's all well and good, but this is... Down to earth and wonderful food, and you know, my favorite spot is right there at the counter, which we will definitely put a, uh, a photo up of, because Pete is back there cooking. Pete is the owner. Yeah. And yeah. his brother George is here. Yeah. You know what the story is on this place? Tell me, tell me. I know um, about the first dollar. I, I think it See, it's is. up there on the wall. <laughs> yeah. February 1st, 2001. Yeah, but I think it started a lot earlier than that because mm. I heard a history story connected with these guys that I think it was Pete's uncle that came over here from Greece, yep. had a steak restaurant in downtown Rockford, oh. and he communicated back overseas and he said, you know, you people... You could come over and start a restaurant, and there are, is money to be found. And so they came over, and they started the Potato Shack, and breakfast anytime. And I think they closed like at two. I wish I could do a business like that. Well, you're opening up at like six in the morning, okay, but you have to be here at four. That's the downfall. You're cracking eggs and <laughs> that's the downfall. Peeling potatoes and <laughs> you yeah. see how it looked pretty good right up until then. I can give you. Let me give you a little morning <laughs> show info for ya. you. Yeah, you've been there and done that. Been have there you? And done that. You know, Pete's dad used to come in here too, and he helps out every once in a while. Does he really? Yeah. He, uh, I want to say. Well, I don't know how long ago it's. I've been. I have not been here in a long time. And I feel bad about it because we used to come all the time. But, you know, before they got the new cook, and I can't remember his name, um, but they were kind of looking for someone. Mm -hmm. Pete's dad would come on in and and help out a little bit. It's in your blood. And when fathers or mothers come back in and do stuff like that, it gives them a reason to get up. That's the thing. And it really doesn't matter what it is. It could be a wood shop or whatever you want to do. But it's just just one of those things that... um, you know, you don't want them to slip and fall and cut themselves and stuff like that. But on the other <laughs> hand, you sort of have to let them go because if they cut themselves and bled to death, they were doing it with the stuff that they absolutely that they loved. loved. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, before we get too far, hey, George, how are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? George Good. is an awesome George is the bus guy, man. I he love will him. He will take care of you. Before we get too far here, mm-hmm. I want to tell you as the audience that our buddy Brian Thomas, who took our photos for our podcast publicity he has seven acres whoa really yeah and it's it's a beautiful pond and they've done all kinds of garden work and they've got a prairie and so on and so forth him and julie just go 90 miles a minute with it and they really scaled it up during the pandemic oh of course Uh, i think everybody did (laughs) yeah they did yeah or you sat on the couch one way or the other but these are all his photos within the last year or so. These are beautiful. They're all yeah. stunning. They're all wildlife um, as far as flowers go and bees and butterflies. And I can't really see what's on yeah, down the further pond line. And so it's gorgeous. He, he's known Pete forever. So it's sort of a nice little collaboration that it's not, you know, a stock photo from, you know, Mm-hmm. Kmart or something. Right, uh, right, oh right. My God, that aged me, didn't it? Good <laughs> Kmart. Lord. Wow, <laughs> wow! I couldn't have come up with something more, more up to date than Kmart. Well, you were talking about that earlier today because uh, you said you happened to find an old cassette. Listen to this: an old Kmart cassette. They were blue. Do you remember them? I thought they were green. Well, that may be the updated oh. version. But those were the epitome that you needed a pencil. To, oh, wow. to wind and rewind on it. That was the epitome. Yeah. Hey, you know, the other thing when we were talking about uh, George, our, our busboy, and he's also the greeter that will sort of guide you to where your table is. Mm-hmm. George is also a pilot, believe it or not. George is a pilot? I didn't he know He had that. it in his head that he wanted to fly. 
And whether it happened once or a hundred times, he went out to the Poplar Grove Airport where we did mm. maybe, what, our fourth podcast, mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And he talked to Steve and Tina. And a guy took him up and taught him how to fly. <laughs> George, I didn't know you were a pilot. Yeah. Isn't that you great? Are. That's so awesome. <laughs> Isn't that so something? cool? Yeah. That is so and cool. When I came in here, it's, it's a kind of place where not only you're comfortable and good food and everything, great conversation, but I saw Dave Smith at the at the counter and I was in Loves Park Rotary with him for 27 years. Oh, how fun. Yeah. So it's been about five years since I've seen him. And then Ben Pfeffer was sitting way, way down at the other end of the area here. And he is a former engineer where we used to work at WROK and WZOK. I didn't know that. Yeah. So huh. he looks down here, and you know how you sort of do that gooseneck thing? Hmm. And you look, and you go, is that Tim? What What is he doing down there? Why is he setting up radio stuff in the cafe? Know, and right? uh, so I went down and told him what we were doing. That's kind of cool. The counter is always the place. My husband used to say, that's where the wise men sit. Because you talk about stuff and you learn stuff. Exactly. That's it. And that, i got to tell you, was the last place that I saw Joe Salvi. Who was the owner of WLUV who passed away? Yeah. yeah, that was the last time I saw him, and he was wearing his cowboy hat, and we chatted for quite a bit, and then I went down the other end of the bar and well, had that, my breakfast. Well, that sort of does fall into that wise men thing because Joe knew his stuff, and he was ahead of his time. Mm -hmm. He really was. Mm -hmm. And in case you guys didn't know, we want to sort of bring you up to date just a hair that uh, Joe Salvi owned WLUV. I worked for him when I was 16 years old, and just in 2021. After he died and they renovated the radio station, Liz and myself and Chuck Doyle, we went back in and uh, Liz and I started doing live shows for about eight or nine months. Was that all? It felt it felt too short. It was, uh, it was really too short when you think yeah. about it in the big scope. And boy, did that save us at the end of the <laughs> pandemic because it was such an energy. And honestly, we could do what we wanted to. Because we didn't have a boss looking over our shoulder. <laughs> no. So, I mean, we didn't play Barbara Streisand right next to Ted Nugent. We weren't that stupid. <laughs> but <laughs> we did have two or three songs in between, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we, and we didn't do uh, air check sessions. God, that was really good. We should really have an air check session <laughs> just for fun. Just Call up Doug McDuff. He's already he's oh, already offered to be our program oh, director. Oh, God. I think the word dumbass would fly <laughs> during that air check session. I don't know if it would be more from us or more from him. Yeah, exactly. Like, what the hell did you do that bit for? And I go, Doug, I don't know. It's all the show prep I had. Doug, do you know what show prep is? And he goes, enough said. Yeah, I exactly. Just, I just all right, <laughs> raise your cup. We got to do our toast before we do anything, and then we'll oh, get to our sure. cups. Yeah. So this one is from our friend Matt. Oh, Matt Chichella. Yeah, yeah, from Rockford. And this toast says, the very same boiling water will soften the potato and harden the egg. Well, here's to now realizing it's all about what you make of it, not the circumstances. Oh, wow. Thank That's you, Matt. Cool. That's wow. a good one. Thanks, Matt. That was great. Awesome. And we, and we did just have eggs and potatoes for our breakfast. Uh-huh. Uh, Pete was really nice enough to be able to cook up a really nice one for us this morning. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you so very much. It, it He's went, awesome. Uh, you can hear it probably in the background. He's already chopping and he, swishing things around. Is. And speaking of filmmakers, yes. do you know the name Pablo Corona? I do, and he just had a birthday the other day. I bet a lot of people had a birthday the other day. <laughs> Smart ass. I know. I give you yeah. so much shit about the birthday thing. <laughs> I know you do. You, but yes, okay. You are like the rain man of birthdays. I like birthdays. How do you, how do you keep all those dates in your head? You well, know, some you of them I know. Some of them I don't. Some of them I have to look up. But this you, one I kind of remember. Do you know my birthday? December. The whole month? <laughs> it's a whole month Wow. December. <laughs> okay. On to the next topic, ladies and gentlemen. Holy cow. Because I, I start December 1st, remember? And you're like, I don't celebrate my birthday all month long. No. I just celebrate it on the day. I said, well, I do. So December is your birthday. <laughs> so, yeah. She you has, might get a gift for 31 days. How many days are you going to 31 gifts. Oh, I would love to see that happen. Okay. Yeah. By okay. the way, by the way, that last episode, we were talking about buying things for other people. Yes. Okay. Let me just emphasize, because you said, well, you know, like I couldn't buy you shoes. And you go, well, what size shoes? Size has nothing to do with it. It's the flavor of what I would buy that would be so wrong. Oh, so if, I see what if, you're saying. If I, I knew yeah. exactly your size and I went to go pick out something. And you brought that, you bought puce shoes. Yes. That's, that would be That's gross. where the yeah. I suck begins. Yes. Not where figuring out the size and will it fit. 
No, it's the color and the design and the material and all gotcha. that. Oh, God. Yeah, right, yeah, forget I, that. Forget that. I just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> so getting back to filmmaker Pablo Corona, who obviously had a birthday somewhere mm-hmm. in the last year, uh, he did a, <laughs> he did a, a series called Our City, Our Story. He did one on the Potato Shack. Did and you really? Could, oh, wow. Yeah, and you can pull that up on YouTube any way you want to. Obviously, we're in a mom-and-pop diner, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they predominantly serve breakfast. But the reasons that people come in here, the food to me is secondary. It's really because of the culture of what's inside this building, because you're greeted with a smile, you've got great conversation, you see somebody you know. That's what they do around the food. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. what Pablo was able to capture in that our city our story that he was did the on camaraderie the yes, was it, yeah yeah by the and way it was the 16th of may it was his birthday <laughs> um so happy belated birthday because it's after may 16th that we're telling this you know that's linda, my that's my uh linda took our forks away otherwise i, know, I would, you would stab you, would you. Fork I, I, me because you googled it i, I know because I, I it was bugging me and i knew it was last week sometime but it was just this past monday <laughs> okay God. So anyway. You know, when you were saying you, you sit at the counter and the wise guys sit yes, at the yes, counter. Yes, the wise men. When uh, I was here, oh, I don't know, two, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, the one thing that I kept hearing over and over and over, because I was sort of an eavesdropper on mm-hmm. what was going on, and it was between Pete and the people sitting at the counter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I heard somebody say, well, I know a guy. They would bring up some kind of a topic. Well, I know a guy. So sure enough, he writes this guy's name down and it helped out Pete and the next guy needed a painter and whatever. And that's sort of what this that's, diner's about. Yeah, I just love it. It's kind of like the Waffle House. It if is. If you ever go to a Waffle House, you sit up at the table and people always talk about that too. And, and there's all kinds of things going on left yeah, and right. It's Did you really know cool. Pete's got a motorcycle? I don't see the motorcycle out today. He's also got a really cool car, a cool, like a convertible car sports car i'll have to ask him again which kind it is it's really 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 sharp love it yep but he's a motorcycle guy too hmm is he a harley guy i think so okay i think he is he and brian talk about him all the time talk about harleys and stuff well that's another side of pete i did not know about yeah hey i've got a three by five card for you good let's do it since it's life's three by fives (laughs) Who's it from? If we didn't do a card, we'd have to change the title of the podcast. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, uh, you, can, well you, you can't rule that out, can yeah, you? Nope, not really. All right, this okay. is this is from Noel in Hurricane, West Virginia. Mm. Where is the weirdest place that you've lived? And he's not asking about a city; he's asking about like your apartment or your house or the neighborhood or the makeup of where you live. You want me to tell you mine and give you an idea? Yeah, sure. Uh, in West Virginia, when okay. I was in Charleston, it was in South Charleston, West Virginia. Believe it or not, of course, you know, I'm, what, 23 years old? And, yeah, right. I was trying, Yeah, okay. in radio and out there by myself. I lived above a dance studio mm-hmm. across the street from a hospital emergency room entrance. Above a dance st- Oh, that's interesting. So you can imagine the noise mm-hmm. and the crap that went on. But I think it's sort of like living at the airport. You know, after a while, you sort of get used to it because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. people are going, oh, my God, all the sirens. And I go, well, what sirens? You just don't pay attention. You don't, yeah, to you it. don't hear them. You don't yeah. hear them. So that's the weirdest place well, I've, I've, I've lived. I've got a couple. I mean, weird. You know, again, you got to remember we were in our early 20s when you're just starting out and you don't have money and you do what you can. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was actually living with and this is going to sound strange, but living with two guys. But one guy had the whole upstairs because he was paying the majority of the rent. And the other guy and I had separate bedrooms downstairs in the downstairs part. But we all shared the kitchen. We each had a separate bathroom. Was this an old house that was sort um, of... You know, I'm trying to think. I don't rem- I don't really recall that. What city was it in? It was in Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal, Missouri. Yep. Oh, so a long way back. Long, like I said, long way back. Just out of college. First place. And then the second one that I remember was also in Hannibal. We had a shop called the Pastry Box. The Pastry Box had the best pastries ever. How'd they serve them to you? Um, In a box? <laughs> Da-dum-bump. Yeah, ba-dum-bump. There you go. Yeah, you go up to the counter, and you're looking in all the glass cases, and you're thinking, oh, God, I'm drooling. I would like one of each, please. But Yeah, yeah and they sent them to you. In the and they're so the sweet that you feel like you need to go to the dentist right then oh, and there. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, anyway, I lived in an apartment. It was a very long, long apartment. I would use the back door because it was easier, but the back door went from the back door to the kitchen into my bedroom, 
into the living room. And you it couldn't... It was long. There were no doors. There was no hall? No, that was it. So you had to go through the bedroom to get a snack from the living room? Yes. Oh and and the bathroom was off the bedroom. <laughs> So, you know, again, that was a strange place, but it was it was a house that was, you know, it was one of those old mansion houses that had been cut down and chopped oh, up yeah, and stuff, too. Yeah. So that was the thing. So I lived behind the pastry box in this long uh, apartment, but the pastry box was right across the street from the post office wow. on the main drag. I ended up visiting one of our friends from a long time ago. He lived in San Francisco. Have you ever visited somebody in San Francisco? I have never been to San Francisco. Oh, I've never been. Wonderful city. Yeah. Never yeah another there. road trip right after we do England. Oh, yeah. 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 <clears throat> so he was a CPA here, you know, shirt, tie, and all that stuff. And he pulled the plug on that lifestyle and went to San Francisco, got four roommates, lived in a flat. They're sort of stacked. Like oh, a, okay. Like a, like okay. a studio apartment, apartment on steroids. Okay. And he became a taxi driver. So he went from very professional, long sleeve white shirts and a tie, CPA, to driving a taxi, wore the same clothes for five days, huh. very long hair, some kind of a Gatsby hat. Now this guy's fun. 28 years old. Fun. Yeah. And it was the weirdest thing that we stepped into. He was not far from Haight-Ashbury, so that has a whole eclectic you know, feel to it anyway. And we walked into this flat, his apartment. It was like walking into 1967 San Francisco oh. or a very weird college dorm. And oh. these are grown-ass people that didn't know anybody. They all, I don't know really how they got together, but there was five of them. And he goes, eh, I hardly see him. You know, because he worked wacky hours. And yeah. so, so then after he sort of went through that, and he was, he was attacked in the taxi by... Obviously, a guy that had nothing uh, vengeful toward him. But it was mental, that's all yeah, right. Yeah, just mentally oh, ill. Oh, that's sad. And, and they didn't have the protective things oh, in between yep, the yep, seats. Yep, yep, yep. And he attacked him mm. with an eight inch knife. And it oh. went right in his shoulder and down in towards his pectoral area. Well, thank God it was on his right-hand side. And not the left side. And not the, the left, because it go right into your heart. Oh, dear. And once that happened, first of all, his, his brother lawyer went out there and instituted all these changes that went into what they have to equip a taxi cab with to prevent that kind of stuff. The like the partition, the yeah, barrier. Partitions yeah, partitions okay. and all that stuff. Uh, so then he became, believe it or not, he became a salesperson for one of the radio stations out there. And it was maybe within two years that this CPA taxi driver became, I think, like top five salesperson, because he's so personable, in the city, not just for that radio station. Wow. Oh, crazy. And he still does it. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, Vance Thunberg is his name. That's a different name. It is. It but is. I, I kind of like that. And when we were out there visiting Vance, he was taking us around because, you know, he's a taxi guy, so he knows where, uh, you know, Danny Glover and all those people lived. And, you know, we were sort of getting our own little personal tour. And his brother was out there, this same lawyer guy. Obviously, this is way before the attack. He kept looking at Sandy and I go, I know you from somewhere. Well, it turned out that he worked at the law office that our lawyer was. But oh, so yet, he would see you coming in? Yeah, but he oh. was, you know, he took care of other people for other different reasons on the other side of the building. And finally, two days later, we connected it all, and that was it. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> connect the dots. It may take a little while, but yeah, connect the dots. It does take a little while it sometimes. Does. I am having a hot flash. Can you tell? I am like, whoo, sweat, and I feel like I'm, I'm like really, really red. It'll go away in, in just about two minutes. Do you want to? Do you want to take a break <laughs> and take off your? Three layers of sweatshirts. <laughs> Maybe that's why. I, I'm, not, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but you know. No, it's, when, I can feel it going down. When it, Any of the ladies that are listening that have this hot flash stuff going on, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know. It's like it burns from the inside. I, guys do not know. They like. Oh, no, I'm we sorry. Get, we no, know. We no, get we it. Get sweaty no, you in do other not. areas that women don't understand. No, you do not get it. It's like you are. Well, I feel like I'm combusting from the inside out. I'm like. Whoop, but taking off your sweatshirt there. would not help. 
I could take off all my clothes and it wouldn't help. Oh, but and, that's not happening and, here. And this diner would really turn into a whole different place. It would be yeah. who's that burlesque girl yeah, right. doing the strip thing in the back? Oh my yeah. God! Wouldn't no. that be? Wouldn't that be funny? That would not be funny. Thank yeah, you very those much. Would okay. the, those I'm would good. be the headlines the Boom. next day. This, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. For no particular reason, just completely stripped down at the potato shack. <laughs> no, but you know what? I think it would be fun to do a burlesque show. It'd be fun to learn how to do burlesque dancing. I think so. Well, you know, when we went who, into who, w- who teaches that? I don't know who teaches it, but you know, when we went into WBBM for our separate project for the yep. Storyteller yep. Studio, Lisa Fielding does a podcast called Backstage Chicago, and she interviewed some people that actually do a burlesque yes, show I in know. Chicago. I know. I had that down on my notes that I've yeah. got to watch that and so listen to it. She's not only doing your standard big theater productions that everybody knows about. She's getting Second City and Ravinia and all these mm-hmm. different things. So I mean, she's really reaching deep. But, you know, that's the investigative reporter in her, too, I think. I think so, too. I yeah. love this. Look, there's more people coming in. Yeah. And Pete always greets. If he sees them, if he's there, he always greets them and he says, does. hi, everybody, come have a seat. He Sit does. wherever you want to. He knows or hang on a minute. Yeah. Or thanks for coming. Yeah. See ya. Bye. By the way, you may have some... Disney vacation stories. Oh. Because when... I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> you see how notes work like that? Yeah. Because when we said that we had a big gap in between our episodes at WGN and Millennium Park, it's because Liz had a conference down there and then, you know, did the whole Disney thing. And then Tim decided to follow? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and then we just took an impromptu thing and we stayed at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. So when you get up in the morning and you open the curtains and you go out in your balcony, you see giraffe and antelope so cool. and zebra. And I will put some of those photos on our oh. Life's 3x5's website so you can see what I saw because I've got the big camera with the big lens. And holy cow, I was able to get right up the nostrils of several animals. Oh, you were just so cool. I mean, yeah. the only place we were at was the Yacht Club. That's, what That's we not we a bad did, place we either. We did not have animals next to us like you did. It was beautiful. It was wonderful, but it was right next to Epcot. So I could actually walk to Epcot, which I have to tell you, I did not know this. This was my first time to Disney. So I did not realize there were four different parks when you say we're going to Disney. I figured that was all one section of a park. I did not realize there were four different parks. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, you're so funny. You're so sweet. So here I am learning that Epcot is one, one entire park, (laughs) Magic Kingdom, and that's Cinderella's Castle. Mm -hmm. Epcot is the one with the golf ball thing. Looks the, like the golf, golf ball, ball thing. You know how it looks like the golf ball? Otherwise known as Spaceship Earth. Oh, okay. Well, it looks like a golf ball to me with all the divots <laughs> in there. And then the other one was Hollywood Studios, and that's like the Hollywood. Yeah, Man's Chinese Theater is their icon. Is that what it is? Because yeah, I was like, I don't know what the big deal is here. I wasn't quite sure. used to be the Sorcerer's Cap. You remember Mickey's in yes, Fantasia? Yes, I love that. That used to be the icon. Do you know why they do icons like the uh, Tree of Life? And It's so that you can find your way back to where you need to be. Yep. You tree always of- know if you get lost that you can go to the center of the park with one of those big icons. And the Tree of Life is in the Animal Kingdom, which was one of my favorites. Yeah. So I got all four maps because now you're going to ask me, did you ride such and such? And I'll be like, let me look at the map. <laughs> Let me see if I went there, because there's so many rides I get all confused. Well, you know, that's you why get they all have messed maps. up. I, I know. Thank you. God, and I'll tell you what. Right now, they're doing something with an app. I hope they get a, get rid of it, because it is a pain in the I know. butt. I don't know if if they are bouncing off. Hey, we have to do this because of COVID, or they're using COVID as an excuse for something that they wanted to do anyway. Because you know. And you and I have talked about this before. A lot of companies, if they can figure out a way to make you, the consumer, do part of their job for them. Then they don't have to do it. There you go. And they make more money and they have to hire less people and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Epcot was really, really cool. But, you know, I'm an animal lover, so I liked Animal Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Animal Kingdom, Epcot, I could... I could switch those into one and two, two and one places. Okay. okay. They had this thing called Disney Kite Tales. Now, it was not going because when we got there, they had just started with the animated um, characters, the cartoon characters and the, and the live characters coming back. The meet and greets? The meet and greets and the people walking around. Oh. They oh. just started bringing that back. But they had these Disney Kite Tales here. However, they moved them. Instead of being all over the place, they moved them to one section of... Oh. 
the park. Oh. Loved it. Well, loved they have it. Um, they have Disney statues that are gold, and they yep. could be all kinds of different sizes or wherever. They're scattered all over the property. Everywhere. And there's only 50 of them. And Simba, little baby Simba, was one that I actually got mm-hmm. to see. And then I went through this drawing thing where we got to draw baby Simba. Oh, so I learned how to draw him as a I cartoon s- character. It was I really fun. I saw that. You did a really good job. Thank and you. I'm not blowing smoke up your skirt because I've drawn those characters those before. Those were hard to they do. They are hard. They really are. Uh, but you know, the it's like um, it's like that whole analogy of, you know, how do I tackle this particular project? Bit by uh, bit, piece you, by piece. You just take it a little piece by piece, and they are really good at teaching you how to do yep, it. Yep, yep, very much so. So I loved Animal Kingdom. I got to see a whole bunch of different things, and we did the Pandora, which is the world of the Avatar, so it looks like you're flying, and it felt like you were on an Avatar. That's you are on the uh, the flying, I forgot what they call it, the, the Pegasus or whatever it's yeah. called. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. Yeah, and do you now, know that they're bringing out another Avatar movie? Are they really? They are. Oh, I got to watch it. Yeah. I just loved that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, in, And I did see the giraffes, and I did see the rhinos, which I know you got to see up close, and that was really, really cool, too. Yeah, they had uh, grazing animals where we are. You know, there's no lions, there's no rhinos outside your balcony. Yeah. Because, you know, that'd be a little tough. You that know. would be really, really hard. Yeah. I do have to tell you, when we went to Hollywood... I thought, this is going to be really kind of cool. We're going to see all these different things. Well, Hollywood was not as grand as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Star Wars was a big thing there, and Toy Story. Now, I really liked the Toy Story, but the lines were so long. I mean, this point in time, I did not go through what they call the fast pass. pass the lightning lanes. Yeah, lightning lanes. I didn't do that. I figured, you know, it's okay, no big deal. I'm not, I don't have to be anywhere, so I can wait in line. Well, my husband didn't really want to wait in line, so... We didn't do that. We only wrote a couple of things anyway. So I went on the Star Wars Galaxy Edge, which is really cool because they've got all the Star Wars, the whole land. The pre-show the whole, the, is unbelievable. Yeah, it's all there, walking yeah. in and, and doing it. And and it was amazing. That's one thing that Disney does really, really well is they immerse you into whatever the attraction is. Right. So they want you to feel like you're part of the film or part of the environment way before you sit down and pull the thing to buckle up. I, I did get to see Toyland's um, Woody and Buzz Lightyear. Oh, did you got did, pictures of them too. Did, yeah, but did you did you play the? I uh, didn't game? play those games. No, oh. we didn't have a lot of time. And some of the games were closed by the time we got there. And okay. the line for the Slinky roller coaster, which was amazing, mm-hmm. was like two hours long. So oh, we were yeah, right yeah. People that don't have motion sickness problems think that roller coasters are amazing. They are. Really, yeah, really that cool. would not be me. That was not you. Did you go to Magic Kingdom this time? No, because we have been there so many times. Many, many times. Can I tell you a story about Magic Kingdom? Oh, yeah. You know when you go uh, off the monorail or off the uh, uh, the ferry and you go in the gate? I never took the monorail and I didn't take the ferry, so I don't know what you're talking well, about. How did we you, just, get, how'd you we, get to the with park? With the bus, the bus that took us to... Oh, okay. But either way, you have to go through the ticket center, you go underneath the railroad track, and you sort of go through a you tunnel yeah. before you go into Main Street, USA. The reason that they start popping popcorn a half hour before the gates open is for the aroma. Yes. And you realize that when you go through that tunnel before you go to Main Street, USA, they have all the movie posters. Oh, no, I didn't see. And, I didn't get through the tunnel, so I and, didn't see and that. And they want to reenact the feeling of going into a movie because you know obviously oh, that's where disney yeah. cut his teeth with all the you know feature films uh-huh. whether you buy popcorn or not they want you to have the full experience that was really interesting i yeah. didn't get that experience and i have a behind the scenes the cam- uh, you know when you castle. go down main street usa there's a, a magic shop okay whose first job was at that magic shop that we oh, actually uh, mentioned uh, on the last podcast. Um, I was thinking you. No, 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 no. My first job? No. At Disney? No, I never worked for Disney. Steve Martin. Oh, that's right. I went to Disney when they were a year old, when I was uh, maybe 11 or 12 years old. And then, of course, we did the broadcast. Jack Lambia and I did the broadcast I in 1986 when they were 15 years old. Didn't you do something with Disney, didn't you go through a course or something? Yes, that was a Disney Institute. That was a uh, buy-in thing, and you stay in bungalows and so on and so forth. That is now the Saratoga Hotel. The Disney Institute is it still exists, 
but it's not as uh, it's not a fixture where you go to it. They travel around and teach you different things if you're on the corporate level. Uh, okay. But, but this place, and I don't know if we've talked about this before, but that's where I learned how to sell paint. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yes, you did. Basically, they've got all these things that you can do, whether it be kayaking or making chocolates or rock climbing or whatever. And so all of my employees was able to just pick whatever they wanted to do for that day. And okay. then we compare notes at night. That and, was cool. And we almost purposely did things differently so then we could share the experience back with each other. You know, we'd jump in a golf cart and go over to downtown Disney, which is now called Disney Springs. We just had a fantastic time. I got to tell you well, a story. I got it. Before you do that, before you do that okay. real quick, Disney, I have to tell you, when we were there at the Magic Kingdom, I wanted to go to the castle because I really wanted to see where Cinderella was from. Okay. And I knew that you had to see you had to see the fireworks because you know when you watch Walt Disney on TV and you see the fireworks and then Tinkerbell comes over with all the yeah. magic stuff. I was like, "Oh my god, I love that. I love that. I love that." Yeah. So, we were there on Easter Sunday. Okay. And they had a special Easter parade and then they had a special fireworks display. Didn't get to see it for another hour and a half after because of the storm. Oh. Storm rolled in and we were stuck at Disney and somebody told me Disney is the safest place to be because on top of every tall building you'll see a spike a lightning rod on top of every tall place all the hotels in the Disney area all the Disney location stuff the highest point everything so it is the safest place to be if there is a lightning storm now I'm going to tell you something that people are sort of disbelieving when um when we say that the podcast conversation can go pretty much <laughs> anywhere based on a single word, uh-huh. I have a lightning rod story. Do you really? Yes. Remember when we did the barn renovation yes. at Aldine Golf Course? You were telling me about that. Well, when we took off that portion of the barn that wasn't used anymore and we used the uh, concrete foundation for um, fertilizer, they said, if you want these lightning rods Mm -hmm. you can have these lightning rods so we cut them off and of course they replaced them and you know all that with the renovation and everything but if you go into my garage at my workshop you will see paper towels that are sort of stuck at a 45 degree angle off of the shelf yes and those paper towels are on the lightning rod from that barn oh how cool can you set them up on your house and will it work i don't know Oh, you haven't done it yet. Okay. I got a guy, though. You got, yeah, I know a guy. I can give you a name of a guy. Yeah, I got to tell you a story talking okay. about downtown Disney. Okay. This is where it goes way, way beyond the rides and way beyond the screaming kids in the two-hour lines. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because that's what a lot of people have at their minds, you know, and they either love it or they hate it, one way right. or the other. Right. We were in downtown Disney. And this was in sort of the winter months for us in Illinois. And you know when they have those areas at different places where kids are able to, to run through because they have water that just oh, yeah, sort of yeah, bounces yeah. up? Uh-huh. It's not a, a pool of water, but it just sort of bounces up and you try to weave through there without getting wet or sometimes you purposely do. So we were sitting there just resting. And there were kids going through there. And here's this girl over to the side. She was probably seven years old. And she was really, really sad looking. Yeah. She had something, I don't know if it was muscular dystrophy or what the deal was, where she couldn't walk. But she was not in a wheelchair. It was not obvious to the people. But her brothers and cousins and stuff were out there doing that. Well, there was this guy. He was probably... 45 or 50 years old and let's call him a landscaper for lack of a better term okay so he had his wagon of his stuff right that he was doing right pruning whatever the case may be it didn't have wheels so it was sort of like a sled sort oh. of okay and it was winter no it was it was summer <clears throat> it there was, it was well it was it was the winter months oh okay. so so they had um uh, and cool. here's the point that i forgot to make the water was not spurting up. They had found a way, Disney, of course, finds a way to, do to, ice. to freeze it. Oh, yes, nice. Yes, that's okay. the part okay. I left out. So thanks for asking me about that. Okay. And we're watching all this. We're watching her. We're watching the kids. We're watching this guy. And he takes all the stuff out of his cart. Aww. And he walks over and he says, would you like to go out on the ice rink? And, she, and of course, the parents yes. are there. And she goes, oh, yes, I would. So the parent lifts her into the thing, and he pulls her for as long as she wanted to be there. Nice. Way after the brothers and the cousins gave up and they were tired, he kept going. 
and everybody, everybody around there was just bawling. Aww. Yeah. Cause it's well, that's just, when they go above and beyond, and you know, and that's just the humanity. I love that. On an individual basis. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. that was not corporate doing mm-hmm. anything on a big, mm-hmm. big scale. That was one guy that saw an opportunity, and you know, it's one thing if you see an opportunity, but he found a way to act on it. That's sort of what they do. That's pretty darn awesome, I got to tell you. We've got to go back to Epcot for two different reasons. Number one, because I could walk there. And number two, because that was the second place I saw wonderful fireworks. Oh, it's a whole new deal now. And I got to tell you, I think Epcot is more for adults than they are for kids. Yes. I really loved it. And so the minute we walked in, we went to the right because I wanted to ride one of these rides. It was so much fun. It was in Paris. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Oh, Ratatouille? Yes! That's exactly (laughs) it. Ratatouille. I was going to try to surprise you, but yeah. Yes, that was it. And my girlfriend, Patty, had just been to Paris, and she loves it. It was like like the part of the Eiffel Tower was there, so I took a picture of it. You couldn't tell that I wasn't in Paris. And I sent it to her, and I was like, guess where I am? Oh, no. I'm following you. Oh, no. So I'm taking different (laughs) pictures. And I said, Brian, should I tell her? He goes, no, go lead her on a little bit longer. And she's like, oh, where are you? When you go to such and such, make sure you stop in here. And, oh, I want to come by now. And I'm like, oh, Patty, sorry to tell you, I'm at... Epcot Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, big difference. Sorry, baby. Yeah. So we did that and we rode a lot of the rides, but a lot of fun stuff there too. And they had the Space Garden, the Garden of the Galaxies, which was supposed to be opening up. It wasn't there for the open yet. Yeah, that's I think the the biggest volume indoor ride in the world now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and you notice they paint it like a blue-gray, so it blends in as well as it can with uh, well, the sky. Well, you know, I wondered about that. Mm-hmm. I was like, hmm. Yeah. There was another thing that they're starting, and, and it's uh, here on the map. You can see the home of play. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that is. Do you? Were you able to find that out? Yes, It's and that's sort of uh, with the uh, world area. They've got new neighborhoods, yeah. and they called one of them uh, World Nature which uh, it's going okay. to be a walk-through water thing. Oh, and okay. And play is going to be completely interactive one way or the other. It's oh, not okay. like Innovations, which was more technical, interactive. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be um, one of those things. I mean, Walt Disney said this a long time ago. I wanted to build a, a, an amusement park that adults could have fun in, mm-hmm. too. Uh, well, then he did this here. He yeah. did it at Epcot. I really like it because yes. there's a world showcase. You can go to all different worlds, the lands, like France, Morocco, Japan, Italy, Germany, Outpost, um, China, Norway, Mexico. Seriously, it felt like you were in all of those places. Oh, yeah. England, where yeah. we stepped into that. Our, our um, what do you call them? Our I guess phone booth. Phone booth, yeah, just the red English phone booth. Yeah. I had to, It was funny because <laughs> I took a picture in there and sent it to him. And then he took a picture and sent it to me. Yeah, like two weeks later. Yeah, I go, call funny. me, call me. The the rates, the international rates aren't as bad as you think they are. Yeah, right. I gotta so tell like, you, I gotta okay. tell you a story about when uh, Jack Lambiot and I did the um, broadcast at Epcot and the broadcast uh-huh. at Magic Kingdom when Disney was 15th anniversary. Now this would be oh, wow, back that's in, a long time ago. Yeah, then. this is back in 1986. And oh. you want to talk about rolling out the red carpet? They literally sent the radio station. An engraved invitation, a piece of metal. Really? Yeah, so everybody makes fun about, oh, yeah, you need an engraved invitation. Well, we actually got got one. one. Yeah, and the radio station kept it. I wish I could have a picture of it or something of it, but anyway, it existed. So Jack Lamiat and I go down there, and they assign us a Disney cast member to guide us and help us and inform us and make sure we are at places where we need to be with the news conferences and all that stuff. So his name was Gene Hawk, and he came from Hollywood in the costuming department. Oh, fun. So him and his wife got jobs at Disney, and he was probably 55 years old, and I was 24. So he looked really old, and he was obviously very, very experienced from what he did already in a career in Hollywood. Uh So... He takes us down in the util doors because you're going to enter Magic Kingdom from the back because oh. yeah because you're part of the show you're, at this oh, part and you've got equipment right. and all that stuff. It was the first satellite broadcast of any radio station in Rockford. So you got to see the behind the scenes. Big time. Wow. And do you realize that the Utilidors, which is below the Magic Kingdom, mm-hmm. it's all the underground stuff, that mm-hmm. is the first floor. Oh, no, I had no idea. So where you are... Is actually the second? Cinderella's Castle, it's all second floor. Because it all used to be Swampland. 
So the Utilidors are so gigantic. And, of course, Disney is really good about putting up signs and guiding you where you need to be. Uh Well, we needed to be able to maneuver ourselves back through these Utilidors. And then all of a sudden, we pop up in a gift store because that was the access. Because, you know, bringing supplies in for the gift store. So we'd pop into a gift store. And then our table was maybe 10 feet away. Oh, how fun. Yeah, it was fantastic. So you're not dragging crap down Main Street or any of that kind of so stuff. So are you they, telling me that this is the way the characters get up to their yeah, special maybe places? maybe pretty much, yeah. Do not, yeah. do not tell me that. So I'm really glad that you said characters because you led that right into where I'm going. <laughs> so once we did our show at the Magic Kingdom and all was said and done and he lined up all these people, I interviewed Bob Ballard who found the Titanic. Yes. I interviewed Bruce Williams who was on NBC TalkNet. We were one of his affiliates. Uh We grab our equipment and we go back through the Utilidors at the end of the day. And he goes, you know, guys, I'm not supposed to do this. Well, anytime anybody tells me that, it's like, I'm I'm in. in. Oh, my God, let's do it twice. He says, if you leave your equipment right here, I want to take you down this hall. Like, okay. So here, Jack and I are looking (laughs) at each other going, what is he going to do? Are we never going to be seen again? And... Him being a costume guy, and of course we interviewed him with what his most difficult challenge was and stuff like that, and I'll tell you that story in a minute. He opens these gigantic doors, and by gigantic, easily these doors were 20 feet tall. Oh, wow. And they open up like you're going in to see the Wizard of Oz. You know what kind of doors I'm talking about? Big heavy ones, Yes. yes. And he said, guys, this is the zoo. The zoo? Yes. Why do they call it the zoo? As far as you can see, there were character costumes and the heads as far as you could see. That's wow. where they stored all the character costumes. Like a football field long? Oh, God. It, Longer? It, it went literally into infinity. Oh, wow. For as long as you could see. And he said, we can't go in here. There's cameras, blah, blah, right, blah. Right, but he right. says, I wanted you guys to see this. Too bad you and, didn't have a camera then. Yeah, well, you couldn't take pictures anyway oh, there, too, okay. even if we could. But that was Gene's um, pride, and that was what he did for a living. So if we had another escort that had another job at Disney, I'm sure they'd be showing us, you know, whatever their deal was. And when I interviewed him, he said that his most challenging costume project was when they opened up the Living Seas over at Epcot. Oh. And they had some kind of an anniversary thing just prior to us getting down there for Epcot, because Epcot opened up in 1982, so it's on a whole different scale than the Magic Kingdom. It's really, really new. Yeah, and they they told them, the Imagineers came to them in the costume department and said, we need a scuba diving Mickey. And of course, they all looked at him going, what in the hell are you talking about? You mean underwater? You mean really underwater? Yes, and he needs to be able to cut a cake and we do photo ops with a cake underwater in the living seas. You want a cake that will stand up to water? Yeah. Yeah. So like a plastic cake, it's pretty not, much. It's not, it wasn't plastic. Oh, my God. No, it God. wasn't hard because it had to look frosty and fluffy and oh moist. Oh, Yeah, well, it was moist, all right. That's true. Yeah. But, uh, you know, anytime anything gets wet on you, it's so heavy. Oh, my god. So that was the challenge that they did not want this costume or head or anything to literally collapse onto itself right. once Mickey got into the water. What did he, how did he do it? Did I, he do it? I don't know. He didn't tell us the, the exact Secrets? details of it, but that was his biggest challenge. And they pulled it off. He showed us the picture of it. Oh, that's and, so cool. Oh, it was so phenomenal. Oh, yeah. so fun. Hey, listen, I got to bring up something because you told sure. me to look for something at Epcot. And when I went there, I was unaware of what exactly it was. Some kind of wall or something. Well, everything had changed at Epcot. So when I went in, I did not see what you were looking at at all. Oh. And you're like, well, I'll go. I'm going to be going, so I'll take a picture of it. Well, you then said it was totally gone. Yeah. I, th- I was thinking to myself, well, good. I wasn't going crazy. I really yeah. didn't see they, it. They worked the entire plaza, the entry plaza to the big golf ball. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this is called the Legacy Project for Epcot. And they had these little bitty engraved things, and I'll explain what these things are, on these gigantic tombstone-looking things. That okay. were maybe 12 feet tall. Yeah, they, they were not there. No, they wiped all that off and they redid the plaza. Well, I thought they went bye-bye. 
Oh. Well, as we left Epcot, we just happened to bump into it as we were going to the parking lot. They had taken off. Now imagine this project. They had taken off all these little engraved plaques. Like nameplates? Yeah, with okay. your picture. Oh, with your picture. Yes. Oh, okay. So then you are part of the Disney legacy. Mm-hmm. Well, when we went down for a conference, our association, ASI, the Advertising uh, Specialties Institute, um, did that as a gift. Oh, that's sweet. And so all you had to do is show up and show this little card and you got one. Mm-hmm. Well, they ended up putting it on a multicolored wave type curvy wall. Oh, wow. I'll show you a picture of it. I'll put it on the website too. So all these little plaques are repositioned, but with the same location indicator as they had before. So they would tell you that it's on the east side and it's in the third row and it's on 2A and 14. Jeez. And you could narrow it down very, very quickly once you got the system. Okay. And that's what they did. They found another more efficient way of doing it so they could rework the plaza. They, I'm telling you, they, they have got brains that work so much differently than anybody else. I just found it very, very fascinating. I was I was looking for it, specifically looking for it. And so when you said it was totally gone, I was like, oh dear. Okay, good. Yeah, now we talk about things that we're going to put on the website. Our website, by the way, is called Life's, with an S, 3x5s, and that's 3x5s.com. I've had people say, 3x5? What do you mean? I can't find it. 3 with the B-Y-5? No. It's life's three by fives. I know. I had that conversation with the guys at the counter. Oh, and they're funny. going, "What's this three by? What's this three X yeah. thing? You know, that's fifteen. And I go, "No, no, no, it's not a math thing." And when I tell them it's a three by like, five like an index, index card, card. Yeah. yeah. Then the light went on, and they go, "Oh, I get what you're talking about." Yeah, exactly. So that's the scoop. So life's three by fives dot com. Do you know what Disney sells now? Just when you think that they haven't found another way to get money out of your pocket. Oh boy. Can you imagine? It's not the lightning lanes. <laughs> what? It's not the apps. They sell that. They've got that going. It's not the popcorn. they got that. Yeah. You're digging in your heels on that lightning lane thing, aren't you? Wow. You're usually pretty game for stuff. You know, I like, am, no. but you know what? When you think about it, it's $15 per person per ride. It's ridiculous. I know. It's I'm, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is. Okay, so tell me what you were telling me. All right. You know when you walk in a facility, mm-hmm. usually it's a restaurant. When you walked into the Yacht Club and I walked into Animal Kingdom Lodge, yes. did you notice that there is a very distinctive fragrance that they pipe through the pipes? I did not because when we came in, it was Easter, and they had a lot of the Easter flowers and the Easter chocolate oh, they a may display have there, too. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, if you go into the Beach Club right next door to the yacht, mm-hmm. it smells like the beach. Really? Yes. Oh, how fun is and that? And when we walk into Animal Kingdom, no, it does not smell like <laughs> elephant dung. <laughs> I'm going to get ahead of you on that one. But they actually sell the fragrances in vials in the gift shop. I wish I would have known that. I'd have taken yeah. some home. It's wonderful. When uh-huh. you go into the Animal Kingdom, it's like, oh, my God. So what did it smell and like, a jungle? No, it's just very unique. Somebody in the laboratory earned their pay that day because it's really, really well done. That's um, so cool. I wanted to tell you also that at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, and this is a little different than if you stayed at another hotel, uh-huh. but those different resorts have their own unique part to it. Uh-huh. Uh, when you go out in that back lobby into sort of an observation outdoor thing onto the savannah, they have uh, Disney environmental and conservation people, education docents out there just waiting for you to ask them a question. So here's this young guy, and when I say young, he's probably maybe 24, 25 years old. His name is Jordan. He was from overseas. I can't remember exactly where. Okay. And he told us a story about the Israeli army and drones. Oh. They were on a military mission, you know, where they do their scanning, you know, and is everything right, okay? Right, right. And they found this hawk nest. So, of course, you know, they show the other people in their troops and stuff like that. Hey, look what we found, blah, blah, blah. About four days later, the parents are gone. And you've got eggs that oh, are there. No. Yeah. And then they came back. But they were gone for like two, three days. It's like, what the hell's going on here? So the egg hatched. And they were there for a couple of days. And then they disappeared. So they, they're thinking, oh, they'll be back. Yeah, they'll be back. No, never came back. 
So they went to their bosses, you know, hierarchy, and they say, you know, we've got this drone, mm. and we know where they're at, and this little baby chick mm. is deteriorating pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, so they did a daily feed delivery to this little chick. With and, the drone? Yes. Oh. And got its back up to its strength, and they were able to see how it flew out of the nest because the parents never came back. Wow. But a great drone story. That's great awesome. Great hawk story. So for him to take it from an animal that we weren't actually looking at and for to take that conversation, it was really, really sort of cool. That's neat. Now, yeah. he, would he be able to tell you, like, the animals' habitats and what they eat? Oh. Like, would they eat potatoes? He was we got a lot of <laughs> potatoes here. Potato shack. He was an open book and... Uh, a, a walking encyclopedia. You know, gotcha. this is this is how the breed reacts, and this is how what we feed them. And you know, he was very Neat. methodical. Really, really sort of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So I have I, to tell you, baby, I'm my at, teas. I'm at the I'm at the end of my coffee. <laughs> I know I hate this because I I really love staying here at the Potato Shack. It is like the best. And I'm watching Pete as he works, and I'm watching everybody here. They're grabbing their dinner, and you know, it's kind of quiet right now because it's towards the end of the shift. Can you imagine um, the, the number of people and the number of personalities? Now, think about this. What's, what's her story? I, and what's, you are going to ask her? Or I don't know. No, I'm not going to ask Oh, her. you're just pointing out different people. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. And what's his story? And what's her story? And do they come in every day? Are they from out of town? So if you're ever here in Rockford, Illinois, actually in Loves Park, okay. you've got to come down to the Potato Shack. Say hi to Pete. To George, to Linda, to Helen, to everybody here that's here. and um, You're going to love it. You're going to love Breakfast is the best. Uh, try to sit up at the counter if you can. If you can't, that's okay because there's no bad seat here. I know. Tables are sort of overrated in a place like this. Yeah. Th well, there are no bad seats. No. The, the counter is so much more activity. And, uh, you know, that's one of those things where you're not going to feel... Uh, inhibited by coming in and eating alone right. because you're right. never alone at right. the potato shack. That's exactly it. So thanks for listening, there. you guys. I really do appreciate it. So and do I. Yeah, this is like <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> just kicked me under the table like I said something wrong. You're <laughs> 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 such a goofball. This is Life's 3x5's podcast. We sure do appreciate it. We'll see you next time. I'm Tim Larson. And I'm Liz Wilder. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Liz Wilder and Tim Larson. If you'd like to offer a conversation topic suggestion or contribute to the tip jar in support of this podcast, visit lifes3x5s.com. In the meantime, watch our Facebook page for more reasons to join us at another remote location for more unscripted stories on Life's 3x5s.